Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wednesday um, broadcast podcast. Uh, today is Wednesday. Happy Hebrew birthday to me. 21st Hebrew birthday. Um, today is August 25th. Live from Mer- American Freedom Studio. Um, out in our Temper Studio out in uh, Vermont. Beautiful mountains here in Vermont. Um, currently 70 degrees and going down to 63 tonight. Um, and it's very beautiful out here in Vermont. Um, it's beautiful. All right, let's get to it. We're going to speak about Dr. Fauci, how he's gone way left to left and uh, canceling out a lot of people. We're also going to speak about um, who else we're going to speak about. Um, how um, we're going to speak about Ron DeSantis um, and great stuff coming your way. Um, here on the Living in Journey podcast. Are you one getter? Well, I am. My name is Ari Mack. I'm the host of the American Freedom Podcast. I am on Getter. And it's the greatest website for social media interacting throughout conservative world. Well, I am on Getter.com. And founder by by the Trump um, advisor. And I said from day one, this is the best app in the world. And it's wonderful to be out there. When I left um, Parler, I said, you know what? Parler does not want me on their platform. I will be moving myself to Getter. And Getter is a great place for speaking out against People like people who hate each other. Jason Miller says, Jason Miller says, we want people who want want to be on Getter. We want people to be loud. And we hope you get on Getter soon. Looking for a new job? Well, the pandemic is slightly over. Go to um, the Sinai Schools, located in the Teaneck, New Jersey, New York region. They're looking for teachers. Go to SinaiSchools.org. They're looking for uh, people who are in the education, special educa- education system, uh, they're looking for teachers throughout the New York and New Jersey region. Um, if you'd like to contact them, uh, please call 201 833 1134. 
201-833-1134. And uh, we hope you get your job through the Sonic Schools education system. Hi, I'm Ari Mack. The best podcast. I bought my in my pillow and it was the greatest pillow in the world. And I slept like never before. It was great. Mike Lindell says that you can sleep like a baby like never before. If you're having sleep trouble, I recommend by going to MyPillow.com and get use code RADIO. And you'll get 30% off on your mm, any item. Go to MyPillow.com and use code RADIO. And, and use code RADIO or call and order any item. And you can contact them by ordering by ordering any item from slippers to mattress toppers to even robes. Call them and you can order right now. Order now. 1-800-544-8939. Use code radio and you'll be you'll be happy like like a like sleeping like a baby. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. We're going to be back um, tomorrow afternoon. Early afternoon, we're going to possibly um, be tomorrow afternoon. And then if it's, if um, the weather co- um, doesn't cooperate, we'll be back uh, Friday. Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon. Um, that's only if the weather doesn't cooperate. Also for tomorrow. If the weather doesn't cooperate, um, depending on if we're gonna, um, we're planning on to go elsewhere, move around our studio and go to a different place. So, have a wonderful evening. God bless America. And oh, before we close out, um, American Freedom Podcast will be starting some. Um, so, uh, Monday, Monday, uh, Monday will be starting, and then into Tuesday will be another show, American Freedom Podcast. Have enjoy your freedom. God bless America. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Remember when um, Dr. Fauci? had our freedom well listen to this you'll you'll be you'll you'll uh, be mad here we go if you've never been there discuss. Good morning to you, Dr. Fauci. It's good to see you. We just heard in David's piece how students 
say that they will now get the vaccine because it has now been FDA approved. How much of a game changer do you think that this will be? Well, I think it's going to be very important from three standpoints, Gail. When you have a vaccine that's fully approved by the FDA, there are a certain percentage of unvaccinated but eligible to be vaccinated people who have in a survey said about 30% of them who were reluctant to get vaccinated now will go ahead and get vaccinated. So that's a pretty good chunk. Dr. Fauci, how far away do you think we are from full approval for Moderna and Johnson & Johnson? I don't think it's too far away because both of those products were a bit behind in the initiation of their EUAs and then in the submission, obviously, of a lot of material that is required for a BLA. So I think it's a temporal issue. I don't think there's anything different necessarily about the process. It's just that they submitted or are submitting their material a bit later are we talking about after Pfizer did. Are we talking about weeks, do you think? Months still? You know, it, it's difficult to predict because the issues may come up with the FDA. I would imagine, knowing the differences in time of the submission of their EUA, that it likely would be a matter of a month or so, but not a lot more than that. Dr. Fauci, how close with this approval and the two other approvals that are likely to be forthcoming soon, how close are we to getting back to some sense of normalcy where there are fewer guidelines and we don't think about the coronavirus on a daily basis? You know, that's going to be up to us. And when I say up to us, I mean it's really how many people get vaccinated, how many people step up and say, you know, we've had enough of this. We've got to put an end to this terrible outbreak that's completely disrupted our lives. What is that So we have the vaccines available. You know, the threshold is something that we don't know. And the reason I say we don't know it is because you have to get to a situation like with measles where you were like way 90 plus percent of people were vaccinated and really got that kind of what we call herd immunity. You know what that number is because when it gets below that number, you start to see outbreaks like we saw some time ago in the New York City area with Hasidic Jewish people. You heard that? Accusing Jewish people. Dr. Fauci is an anti-Semite. He, we knew that he is an idiot when uh, he lied. He lies about everything. Well, Dr. Fauci um, lies about a lot of stuff. And he continues to lie. Meanwhile, let's continue with... This brand new um, viral TikTok um, challenge that I saw, I've been seeing on uh, all over um, social media, and it's gone viral, and I saw this um, video from Matt Walsh and describing the entire um, challenge. It's called Melcrate's Viral it's called the um, viral milk crate challenge. I know, know how to do it. I wouldn't do it. So that's the whole deal. And I would hate it. I'll talk about the challenges in a minute. 
um, why I hate challenges. Um, and the only challenge that I liked was the ALS ice bucket challenge because um, you're donating $100 if you didn't do the challenge yourself. You got nominated for a challenge and you want to do a challenge. Um, and it's, and it's, um, Mark, it's very great to do a ice bucket challenge when you're, when you're doing, and let's say if you got nominated within 24 hours, you couldn't do that. Um, you have a hundred dollars. Let's, let's say if the person didn't have a hundred dollars, I didn't do it because I thought it was stupid back then. I got nominated for my uncle and I didn't give my money yet. So what's the point of a challenge when um, you don't give the money in? You're not swearing to God that um, this guy needs to give money in. It's basically like, um, let's nominate this person to steal his money. That's the whole challenge is. And it's stupid. Here, the milk crate challenge. This from today is very important story, probably the most important story that we have today. This is from uh, today.com. They say there's a dangerous new trend going viral on social media. It's called the Milk Crate Challenge, and it first popped up on TikTok and is now making the rounds to social platforms like Twitter and Instagram. Experts warn the unsafe trend, coupled with the overcrowding of U.S. emergency rooms due to COVID-19, could be a disaster waiting to happen. Um, the Milk Crate Challenge calls for stacking milk crates in the shape of a pyramid and successfully walking up one side and down the other. Um, Sean Anthony, an orthopedic surgeon, said the milk crate challenge is very dangerous. We're seeing many orthopedic injuries as a result. Injuries can include broken wrists, shoulder dislocations, ACL, and meniscus tears, as well as life-threatening conditions like spinal cord injuries. Uh, so the doctors are speaking out. They're saying this is very dangerous. Yes. Doing, going on a freaking um, milk crate, walking up a bunch of milk crates, and not screwing them in a a um let's say into the ground you'll break something at least and then eventually you'll you'll hurt yourself you know why i call this the the uh the way we can uh, call it is we could call it the olympics um for the Breaking your your uh, body Olympics. I saw this video of um, um, where did I see this video? My brother was showing me this video of this uh, um, this guy was commenting, literally commenting. It was it was great. Um, I'm not sure if it's on TikTok, but I saw this um video. It was a uh, it was great, and. The guy was commenting, and he says, Number one, let's go up. Up, up, up. And then he falls down, and I'm like, Why the flip are we watching this? Or why the flip are we, are these people just trying to do this and get hurt? Their medical bills are going to go, like, sky high. The medical bills are going to go sky high because of this stupid challenge. 
more challenges we have, the more medical bills are going to go sky high. You get it. And that's, and that's what um, these teenagers don't get. These stupid challenges that they do is literally going to go um, from, like, let's say, let's say um, we see, we see so many challenges out there, like the, um, the quarantine challenge, like for about who knows what, the, um, there's so many challenges with the guys. Ladies and gentlemen. Um, but they're stupid. There are stupid challenges out there. And I was watching this. I was like, holy crap. I'm like, what the hell is with this world? And Matt Walsh was right. He blew it on the button. And if you want to watch, if you want to watch the uh, actual videos of um, not on TikTok, look up Milk Crate Challenge on anywhere. You'll see the videos, what I mean. It's ridiculous. I advise you not to do it because it's most stupidest thing. Our producers are, are with us. Um, I'm in a room um, with our producers. Thank you to producing um, and editors and whoever's with us. Um, and I would say uh, the one thing, the stupidest idea, whoever came out with this idea, have a come on to the podcast and say your reason why you did this pyramid milk court challenge. Did you have a brain? When you thought of this? I didn't think so. Yeah, that's a stupid idea. And you know me when I come when it comes to challenges. Like cooking challenges, um, broadcast podcasting challenge. We're doing like a massive challenge right now. Um, for like a whole week. We're doing a week long of uh, podcasting. We didn't do Monday. We did Tuesday, Wednesday. Thir we're going to do Thursday. F um, ex but Thursday will be our last day before we head out to um, down back to uh, Jersey, to our Jersey studio. Um, and Friday, Friday, and Saturday will be off here. And then Saturday, um, Sunday will be back on. And then Monday and Tuesday will be back to will be our first two shows for American Freedom. So Sunday's our last show of our podcast. So we were we're trying to our best to get out this news for every single person out there. Um, and we know about it. We know how you love your podcast day by day, um, driving or listening on the train or anything. You love this podcast and we appreciate it. Um, 
So Biden, Biden's media allies now call him walk away Biden, walk away Biden. The reason why um, they call him walk away Biden, because he didn't take any questions um, after yesterday's press conference. He's extending um, the deadline to August 31st um, for the Afghan stuff. It's ridiculous. Ladies and gentlemen, it's ridiculous. I want to speak about Afghanistan. We spoke about it yesterday. Um, But it's getting worse and worse and worse. Ladies and gentlemen, um, can we get our our, um, woke... Um, shall, uh, book, bookcase here, or put it on our bookcase. We ha- we literally have a, um, woke shelf in our studio. We have a cancel shelf. We have a woke shelf. We have different stuff. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to put on our woke shelf as of, um, August 25th, 2021, we're going to um, we're going to be putting Airbnb on the woke um, agenda because they're going to go broke by the time uh, this show is over because they're the, the reason why I'm calling them out, Emma, um, because they're allowing the Taliban and Afghanis in our country to stay in a bunch of Airbnbs. So, um, that's uh, Airbnb added to our shelf, please. Um, next, January 6th is not an insurrection. And they keep on bringing the topic January 6th. They wanted um, a insurrection, but they it's not. Calm down. It's not an insurrection. Um, all the people from Afga- uh, from January 6th, a lot of them, Jacob, um, what's his name? A lot of a lot of people who are in who are in jail right now are suffering. Including the horns guy, um, and the the guy who uh, questioned the cop. Now, who is one? I want to know who killed Ashley Babbitt. We will not know who killed Ashley Babbitt because that person said. He will not tell his name. And then um, Trump says that he is going to find out who is it. And he says he knows who it is. And I'm pretty sure he knows. Um, Talking about Trump, ladies and gentlemen, I am part of the 
um, Donald Trump lawsuit uh, for the big tech. If you want to um, be part of the big tech lawsuit, go to bigtechfreedom.com. Um, And you'll hold on. I'm I'm trying to make sure if that's the right right website. Just give me a sec. I have to go to Donald Trump's page in order to see that website. Um I'm pretty sure it's big tech. Um, something with big tech freedom. Um, dot com. Uh, let me just make sure because I am part of it. Actually, you know what? I actually have their email. Let me pull it up. Where's it? Ah, wow. All right, we are going to try to find it in a few minutes, but. Um, next, here we go. Let's get to more from Greg Kelly calling out. Remember about Biden's original lie? Listen to this. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? Some of them are still actually trying to let Joe Biden off the hook here. Look, we all know any reasonable person, any child can see what a catastrophe this is in Afghanistan. And Joe Biden is getting it wrong in big ways and small. First, he says uh, there is no Al Qaeda anymore in Afghanistan. Then he says, no problem. Anybody can get to the airport. What else? Oh, our allies are so impressed with the job that we're doing. He is making mistakes and or lying every step of the way. Yet there are quarters in the media saying that, uh, oh, it's you pesky conservative media types who are overplaying this. Um, way over the top and unconnected to a perspective on the issue from the beginning. I agree. It's been over the top. I think that we also see why it was so hard for presidents in the past to pull out of Afghanistan. They were afraid of exactly this kind of press overreaction. The news media's complete inability to process what's actually happening in that. The, the, the news media's feigned naivete about, oh, you know, we've got them in this huge contradiction with himself. 
Like, <laughs> just, you know, look, we, uh, we like to win wars, okay? Fair enough, fair enough. Vanity Fair says that the right trying to weaponize, we're weaponizing the issue to get ahead in 2022. Inside that story, let's read it, please. Some of the political attacks from the GOP have been dishonest, unfairly laying blame for the chaotic conclusion to the 20-year war on Biden, while ignoring the role his predecessors, including Republicans Trump and George W. Bush, played in getting us there. Well, we talked about that certainly in the A block, especially George W. Bush, but you can't put this on Donald Trump. This is Joe Biden's show, and we're seeing very vividly that he's not up to handling it. As I mentioned, the fundamental mistakes that he is making every step of the way, it doesn't surprise me. The man has been caught lying in public so many times throughout his career. When he first made it big on the national stage, 1987, when he was running for president, he lied incessantly and had to drop out of the campaign because of lying. And when he started his most recent campaign for president, uh, this time around, in 2019, his very announcement was all based on a lie. Charlottesville is also home to a defining moment for this nation in the last few years. It was there in August of 2017 we saw Klansmen and white supremacists and neo-Nazis come out in the open. That's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? With those words, the President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. And in that moment, I knew the threat to this nation was unlike any I had ever seen in my lifetime. Oh, it gives you chills, doesn't it? Well, he was lying. He was lying about, uh, by the way, he touched on barely any issues. Take a look at what he touched on in this campaign announcement, which was based on a lie. Uh, equality, Charlottesville, white supremacy, racism, and Trump. That's all he talked about. Now, about uh, good people on both sides, you've, you know the truth about that, right? If you don't, here it is. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Uh, totally true. You can be a very fine person and before the preservation of Civil War statues in the South, you can also be a very fine person and think that they're somehow offensive and then should be dismantled. But he expressly said that neo-Nazis and the white supremacists should be condemned. Joe Biden's entire campaign is based on a lie. Therefore, his entire presidency is based on a lie. After all, he was um, elected, though, right? Um, take a look at this. And I thought this is remarkable. So Joe Biden spoke about those four issues. This is what Donald Trump spoke about when he launched his campaign for the presidency. Substantive issue after substantive issue. And you can go through it. You may not like how he said what he said, but this was a campaign of substance based on the issues. And 
uh, Joe Biden can make the same claim. All right. Now this. Black lives matter, not the way the Black Lives Matter movement says. They only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. No, black lives matter. All lives matter, including the life of 14-year-old Jesse Everett, shot and killed after pulling into a gas station Saturday afternoon in Berlin. Now the Taliban are... America is back. Highest inflation rate in the United Southern border is collapsing. The climb of COVID infection... We amplify our power. We summon the new strength. This is a recruitment ad. we be embarrassed? Diplomacy is back. Now the Taliban are back. Kabul is not in an imminent threat environment. The likelihood there's going to be a Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. They own the whole country now, the Taliban. The Taliban are now in complete control of Afghanistan. Whoa, that's... That is pretty powerful. That is a brand new ad from President Trump's Save America PAC, uh, where he calls President Biden the, quote, surrender in chief as the situation in Afghanistan continues to devolve. Here with Reaction, our company, host of the David J. Harris Jr. Show, David Harris Jr., along with the host of Trish Regan Intel. Trish Regan, guys, good to see you both. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. So, so, um, you know, we're not in a campaign season. but this is an unbelievably powerful ad that really sums up all of the things that are happening, right? I mean, this is this is all of the networks talking about this and using their own words against them. I mean, if this was happening right before the camp, the election, Trish, this would have been a slam dunk. Oh, for sure. Because, you know, look, I, I, I've said all along, people were not voting policy, right? They were voting because, uh, well, you know, it, it wasn't going to be that intrusive into their lives. I think that there were a lot of folks out there that were sort of sick of the Donald Trump news cycle, but they really didn't understand what it meant for them economically. Um, and, and so they were voting for personality, the personality that they didn't really know because the guy was in the basement the whole time. They were voting for this personality that they didn't understand, they didn't know, and yet, I mean, has just been a train wreck. I don't know how else to describe what we have seen happen in the last couple of weeks. This is not partisan anymore, as that commercial well shows. Everyone is in agreement. This was preventable. This is disastrous. It is a catastrophe and a crisis. And he is going to pay the price. Mark my words. History will prove that, Sean. I just hope that Americans don't have to pay the price, Trish. You know, but David, we've been telling you about former President Trump. He had this big rally this uh, over the weekend that we covered here on Newsmax. Uh, over 50,000 people at that rally. Uh, we were the only major network to actually carry it. And Nielsen ratings came out showing that 3.4 million people watch it. And then above that, 2 million on streaming services as well. So over 5 million people tune in. But David, we're the only one to carry it, like I said. So Obviously, there's an audience for this. Obviously, people want to see why are other networks picking it up? Well, I think that they have to continue pushing the narrative. They're, they're holding on to the base of people that are still watching their networks, that still believe their propaganda, that still believe that Orange Man's bad, and they don't want to give uh, the president of the United States, the, the greatest one in our lifetime, uh, a platform to showcase what he's what he's talking about. 
You know, when you line up everything that Donald Trump's done over the last four years prior to Biden, uh, he brought stability to, to our country. He brought stability to the Middle East. Uh, he, was, he was focused on the Abraham Accord. They literally were signing pre- peace treaties over there. Now, seven months into this Joe Biden administration, uh, as Trish said, it's an absolute train wreck. And I'm with what the colonel said, the colonel out of the UK. He said that Joe Biden shouldn't be impeached, as my T-shirt says in Beach 46. He should be court-martialed. As the commander-in-chief of our armed forces, he withdrew our military way prematurely without getting Americans out, without making sure that our allies were taken care of and they were also in a safe place, without making sure that we got any of our equipment out. And unfortunately, now he's trying to do deals and hope that the Taliban's going to let the Americans out of Kabul and Afghanistan. It's insane. It's absolutely something that he should be court-martialed with. And you know what? Joe Biden said he was going to unite the country. I think he's done a great job of uniting the country against him, uh, and hopefully action is taken and we get his butt out of office. But Kamala is not going to be any better, so we really need to pray for our country right now. Before we go, and I'm sorry we're short on time, I owe you both. I want to ask you both a yes or no question. When you talk to people, family, friends right now, six months later, do they say, gosh, I I was wrong voting for Biden? Trish? Um. It depends on depends on who you talk to. Uh, I know some diehard, diehard uh, people that love Trump, and and likewise people that would vote for Biden no matter what. Um, I think you will start to see the shift, but not among members of the base, if that makes sense, right. on both sides um, that are just yep. really, really in it. But it's the middle. You're going to see a shift in independence for sure. Right, David. Quick answer because I'm out of time. Yes, I am seeing some individuals that are waking up, regret their voting for Biden. But then, as Trish said, there's still some individuals that are still not watching networks like yours that are being fed the propaganda and still believing it that we still have to wake up. Okay, I cut you short, so I'm going to give you a shameless plug. Go follow David on Instagram. They don't want you to see his videos, but I do. David. in my lifetime, but the United States has surrendered to radical jihadists hell-bent on waging a holy war against the world. Joe Biden, after 20 years and nearly 7,000 American servicemen and contractors lost in Afghanistan, kneels to the Taliban. He indicated he will submit to the Taliban's demand of complete American exit by August 31st. Undoubtedly, we will strand, abandoned, American citizens who right now have no way to escape. It is a war crime for a commander-in-chief to leave behind so many Americans while bowing down to our enemy. Listen to the audacity now of the enemy, by the way. They have opportunity. They have all the resources. They can take all the people that belong to them. We are not going to allow uh, Afghans leave. 
and we will not extend the deadline. He's making demands? Come on. Since when does a goat-herding warlord intent on killing anyone who does not subscribe to radical Islam? Since when does he get to call the shots against the most powerful nation in the world? Terrorists don't decide what America does. Unless, of course, we're in America with Joe Biden as president. This idea of rolling over to the Taliban has every enemy of this nation plotting and planning its next move against us or our allies. This is Joe Biden today, giving remarks after delaying not once, but twice, five hours late. And of course, not sticking around for a single question. The completion by August 31st depends upon the Taliban continuing to cooperate and allow access to the airport for those who were, trans were transporting out and no disruptions to our operations. We must all work together to resettle thousands of Afghans who ultimately qualify for refugee status. The United States will do our part. Again, more importation of poverty and begging of our enemy. We're not working with the Taliban. You think they're going to work with us? You're an idiot, sir. Fifteen minutes that speech went on for. No questions and a lot of begging. What we didn't get was a single mention of the stranded Americans, only about Afghan refugees who are about to flood this nation. Where is the outrage? Even amongst Democrats, shouldn't there be outrage? The party claiming to be so focused on saving lives related to the China virus, well, they seem to be resigned to let the Taliban execute Americans left in Afghanistan. Why is there still no will to save those lives still left behind. I think it's uh, very unlikely, um, given the number of Americans who still need to be evacuated, the number of uh, SIVs, the number of others uh, who are uh, members of the, the Afghan press, uh, civil society leaders, women leaders. Um, it's hard for me to imagine all of that can be accomplished between now and the end of the month. Not that we give a shift about what he has to say, but he's on the Intelligence Committee, and you can see there, he doesn't really seem to care either that we will not meet the deadline of August 31st that Joe Biden has accepted. It's insanity. Republicans, thankfully, finally responded today with a strong message to Joe Biden and his very weak military generals. At no time should America ever bend or allow the Taliban to tell us when we have to stop bringing Americans out. We should stay until every single American is able to get out of Afghanistan. If any American is harmed or killed and not safely evacuated, or if any of this military equipment or weapons are used to harm or kill an American, the blood is directly on Joe Biden's hands. A Taliban takeover equals Al-Qaeda 3.0. And one thing that Joe Biden either won't admit or doesn't understand is that what happens in Afghanistan doesn't stay in Afghanistan. It spreads like a cancer. Uh, does anyone remember September 11th, 2001? That started in Afghanistan, by the way. Joe Biden apparently doesn't remember. Think about what Joe Biden did, by the way. He armed our enemies. He ordered the military to recklessly leave behind $83 billion worth of military equipment. 
helicopters, armed vehicles, and yes, guns. Guns that will be used to kill Americans Joe Biden abandoned in Afghanistan. There is actually video, if you can believe this, of the Taliban wearing U.S. military gear while patrolling the streets. That is an utter disgrace, what you're seeing on your screen there. But this is what Democrats do. They take guns away from the good guys, you and me, while having a long history of giving guns to the bad ones. Let's go back to 2012. Barack Obama made the mistake of arming Syrian rebels. These rebel groups not only surrendered to ISIS invaders, but they ended up joining them, moving between Iraq and Syria using American-provided weapons against our soldiers. Some of those weapons discovered in their massive cash included U.S. Army-purchased anti-tank missile launchers, not to mention thousands of automatic rifles used on the battlefield, thanks to Joe Biden. Thanks to Barack Obama against our men and women. And don't forget the botched ATF Fast and Furious, an Obama-era gun-walking scandal that had the ATF allowing gun traffickers to send American weapons to Mexican cartel members. The goal was to track the weapons down in an expectation that arrests would follow. They really never did. Instead, the cartels used the guns to kill Americans. Lots of them, including Border Patrol agent Brian Terry. If history tells us anything, handing over our weapons to the Taliban will have disastrous ramifications, and Joe Biden kneeling before the Taliban will only empower them. Listen to Jen Psaki today admit Americans can be left, can be left in Afghanistan after the deadline. Our commitment continues to be to U.S. citizens. If they want to leave, we will help get them out. Uh, again, we expect there could be some, uh, but I, I don't, I'm not going to get into it further. Go ahead. Of course they don't want to get into it further because they're war criminals. They know they're going to leave Americans stranded there after this deadline. The White House doesn't care. Again, it's a war crime for a commander-in-chief to allow all of this to happen. All of it, though, is taking a real human toll on Americans, on Afghan partners, left. All right, um, I found the website. The website is called takeonbigtech.com. Takeonbigtech.com. Um, it's for the big tech lawsuit. We are part of it. Takeonbigtech.com. And we are part of that big tech lawsuit. Um, Lindsey Graham wants Biden impeached. How about Lindsey Graham to be impeached because he is a rhino? So, he's a loser. Someone needs to lose their job over this, uh, nasty stuff. Um, Biden. His approval ratings has gone down more than 51%, uh, 45% approval, 40 um, and 50, actually, it's six, less than today, as of today, 61%, um, percent, uh, disapproved Biden's, um, uh, the Biden, uh, disapproval of Biden, approval rating is 45%. I can't believe that we have 45%. Next, honeymoon over is over. Which for Joe Biden, 
Paul Murray on Scarlet. Old mate Swampy Joe, because how can we go a night? And to our old mate Swampy Joe, because how can we go a night without talking about him? Well, his polls sinking. First it was Kamala Harris, and now what's been happening in Afghanistan has absolutely blown the confidence of the American people in Swampy Joe. Honeymoon is over. His approval is down to 41% in a poll in a newspaper that, by the way, endorsed Joe Biden to be president, so hardly a right-wing rag, suggesting that what happened in Afghanistan has been one of the reasons why he's in a whole world of trouble right now. And Joe Biden does not like tough questions. He gets cranky. You saw a little earlier in the week when he was being confronted about the stories of those people who uh, were holding onto the planes and who, of course, fell to their deaths. That was four or five days ago. He's a bloke who effectively was able to win the presidency under the protection of the American media. Remember the Hunter Biden story that definitely wasn't, but absolutely was true? Then, of course, he hid out in his basement for month after month after month, and now he just walks away from press conferences. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. And to give you an idea of just how good it's going for Joe, even his mates at MSDNC, far-left cable TV, well, they can't cover up for him on this one. Tactically, it makes sense. But I'm not sure how history will. I think history will judge this moment as a, as a very dark period for the United States. Paul Murray's right on Sky News Australia. Meanwhile, Scott Morrison. Here we go. Very clear about where we are headed, about the light at the end of the tunnel that, with every jab, we get closer to means we need to move into that so families can be reunited, we can get into the new COVID normal in the future, we've got to get out of the cave. But you know what? As you know, we've talked about this for a long time, and I'm pleased to say that we are exactly where the majority of Australians are, that being the Prime Minister and this program and you watching it each and every night. New poll today says, guess what? 62% of people around the country agree that you have to live with it, there's no zero we're going to get to a scenario of 70 and 80% and then have to find ways to slowly, safely reopen. 24% of people are wrong and 14% of people, well, they're still on the fence. Now, also, interestingly, when you break this down by regions, our old mate Nicholas Reese last night said, well, what would you get if you got a poll about this question in Queensland? Well, you can see there that uh, above national averages, New South Wales for, yes, get me the hell out of lockdown, Victoria the same, but even in Queensland, where the super lockdown continues and every other state is evil, 57% of people believe that the plan must be followed. Are you paying attention or would you just wait for the taxpayer-funded polling, Palaszczuk? Meantime, will we ever get back to zero cases? Again, Australians know what's going on. The majority, 54% say, no, we're never getting back to zero. 27% say, yes, they are wrong. And don't know, of course, remains 20. Now, interestingly, despite the fact that uh, the deal was done weeks ago, the Prime Minister has been pushing for it for months. We've been talking about it for even longer. Finally, the Labor Party has said that they too will agree. Well, kind of. First, you had the alternate leader of the Labor Party, Bill Shorten. But a lot of experts I talk to say somewhere around 80% is the ideal uh, of people 12 and over. We've got to say to the 14 million people locked down, in fact, all 25 million of us, that there's light at the end of the tunnel, which is not an oncoming train. We can't keep locking down. 
And now, each way Albo has decided that he will now side with the obvious, the reality. I support the national plan. Uh, it has proposals at 70% and 80%. It is, as it is written, there is scope there uh, for lockdowns, but targeted if they're absolutely necessary. Welcome to the light, Albo. Welcome to the reality of the end of August, the beginning of September, the freedoms that hopefully will be here in greater number in October and back to Bathurst in November. The New South Wales Deputy Premier told us last night that the plan was to have crowds back at the NRL Grand Final in the first weekend of October. Fingers crossed all of that can take place. But somebody who is still stuck in the politics of January and February is somebody who spends way too much time in Twitter. But would that surprise you that the political touch of the lady who continues to fail up in Australian politics is not exactly where the majority of the country is? Here's KK whinging as if it was March. We've got half the country in lockdown here in Australia. We've got Western Sydney in the harshest lockdown conditions the country has seen. And now we have New Zealand with an outbreak. This is Mr Morrison's fault. This is Mr Morrison's lockdown. Such a fan of Western Sydney that she bought a house on an island off the northern beaches. And also, can I just flag an issue that I know a lot of small business people have written to me about and we'll put some more time into getting some answers for you on next week's program. But as you know, uh, there's this scenario where the federal government and state government will not make vaccines mandatory. But if you're in a business that's only got two, three, four or five people who work for you, what do you do if your customers say, is everyone faxed in this job, in this employment? Now, you're in a bind there, right? Do you have the ability to turn around if you're a really small business and say everyone has to get the vax? Who knows? But also... Let me stop it over here. Why the freak would a person go to a store and ask, is everyone vaccinated there? And I'm like, it's like asking if somebody has COVID or something. Why the freak would you ask a dumbass question? God, oh my God, almighty. And it's really stupid again. Our capital management, it's one of the world's biggest hedge funds. There's 12 financial regulators here. All right, next, Israel. Here we go. private university, the Interdisciplinary Center in Herzliya. All right, for our final story today, Israel now welcoming its first ever private university, the Interdisciplinary Center in Herzliya. And this has the IDC finally receiving official university status by Israel's Council for Higher Education 27 years after its founding. But ILTV's Asaf Nisan has the details. The Interdisciplinary Center in Elcelia, or IDC in short, has been known as one of the most prestigious private colleges in the state of Israel. Established in 1994, with high-end facilities, top-of-the-line teachers, and an academic level that is equal to that of the Ivy League schools in the U.S. But now, the school is about to go to the next level. Israel's Council for Higher Education, headed by Education Minister Ifat Shabiton, has officially approved its status as a university. It feels like uh, modern-day Zionism is being created here at IDC Herzliya by our being declared Israel's first private and non-profit university. 
ואני מרגישה גאה שהייתה לי הזכות הזו להיות חלק מאלה שתופרים בסוף את ההכרה שלך. Scientists at Tel Aviv. Now, in other news, COVID may be in the headlines, but it's far from the only disease for which incredible and recent advances have been made. Scientists at Tel Aviv University now publishing amazing progress with brain cancer. Connor Rifkin with the report. An historic moment in the fight against cancer. Israeli researchers have now found a way to use patients' own cells in a form of 3D printing material. And they use this biomaterial to make a model of the patient's tumors in which doctors can test the efficacy of potential treatments before trying them out for real in the body. And to complicate things further, the scientists from Tel Aviv University focusing on glioblastoma, or the most common form of brain cancer in adults, a cancer which is also among the most aggressive, carrying with it a very poor prognosis. The authors of the study, published in the Journal of Science Advances, explain that current tumor and cancer models just didn't do the job. One thing that we identified was that the models are incorrect. The models we are using for decades are of only cancer cells on a petri dish that is made of rigid plastic that doesn't have any resemblance to the brain of the patient or of the Moving on, next. Moving on, a state inquiry into the horrific Mount Meron stampede that left 45 people dead is now hearing testimonies. And the police's northern command chief, Shimon Lavi, speaking as the first witness. Meron is the most important במשטרת ישראל. מן הסתם הוא המשמעותי ביותר גם למחוז הצפוני, ואני בראשו. So far, gross negligence from officials organizing and guarding the event is becoming abundantly clear. Lavi explaining that police were left completely out of the loop regarding regulations at the festival. Additionally, Lavi stressing that officials were underprepared to respond to the havoc, adding that he was informed only a day prior to the pilgrimages that no pandemic-related measures would be in place. On the other hand, Rabbi Shmuel Rabinovich, rabbi of the Western Wall and Holy Sites, denying any knowledge of the dangers, telling the commission that organizers, quote, didn't know there was a problem, and that nobody told us there was an issue with the Dove Bridge. That said, on Sunday alone, but Israeli officials... Now back to COVID-19, deadly coronavirus trends in Israel seemingly continuing. The infection rate rising back overnight to over 6.3%, and at least 16 people succumbing to the virus on Sunday alone. Alone. But Israeli officials... are still confident that we can turn things around. I'll give you Hannah Rifkin with the report. There were two options in front of us. The strategic plan, the strategic plan, what we call the Zgarim, or a strategic plan, a strategic plan, a strategic plan, a 
Nearly 6,500 new cases confirmed overnight. Over 670 patients in serious condition, 180 of whom are on ventilation. And the death toll in Israel rising to 6,830 since the start of the pandemic. Meantime, amidst a dramatic spike in hospitalizations and a row with the government overfunding, public hospitals threatening to stop receiving new coronavirus patients on Monday. But despite the rising numbers in hospital overcrowding, Prime Minister Bennett and the COVID cabinet moving forwards with plans to keep the coming holiday season open. And not just the holidays, but schools too. The government deciding once and for all to reopen classrooms September 1st. The idea being to employ a widespread testing campaign, including parents and pupils, to facilitate a return to in-person learning. And this in defiance of experts' warnings that holiday services and schools will contribute to surging infections in September. The reason being that vaccinations, and more specifically booster shots, can save the day, as long as the public starts taking vaccinations and other restrictions more seriously. Nearly 1.5 million Israelis and counting already given the third dose, which is currently available to all ages 40 and up, younger ages to be eligible soon. But the rate of participation is still far from enough. A crowd cheered opposition to the governor's COVID vaccination order for state workers and teachers at an angry rally in Trenton. Murphy's mandate requires full COVID shots by October 18th or at least weekly testing. And these protesters, including teachers and parents, plan a political and personal rebellion. Please know that we are not science deniers. We are individuals who value the freedoms granted to us by God and the Constitution to make decisions for ourselves and our children with true informed consent. If it costs me my job, then so be it. But at least I went out with, I'm not going to go out without a fight. I can tell you that. Murphy's making a mandate for vaccines in New Jersey. Man, oh man, Murphy. Okay, next. Let's go to Florida. The gentlelady is recognized. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I rise in strong support of H.R. 4, critical legislation that confronts the crisis facing our democracy. In Florida, we witnessed the Republican legislature attempting to cling to power through voter suppression, taking special aim at black and brown voices. The blatantly anti-democratic legislation signed by Governor DeSantis this year makes voter registration harder, limits voting by mail. You heard that, that they're just crying and crying and crying. All right, let's go to Australia. Back to Australia. Here we go. Hotel quarantine where no one was. More reporting's come out about the problems with hotel quarantine. Now, of course, there was the original problems with hotel quarantine where no one was to blame, and then they absolutely fixed the system. And then that completely fell apart. And then they absolutely fixed the system again. And then that didn't work. Remember, the no cameras in the hallways of hotels? So I think they're on the fourth version of hotel quarantine, but under current lockdown, they're not accepting many people into hotel quarantine. 
Joining us to talk about the endless failures of the Victorian government, particularly in and around hotel quarantine, even when they promised to have cleaned it all up and everyone has brand new shiny titles to prove it, is David Southwick, who is the Victorian Shadow Police Minister. Uh, David, give us an idea about uh, just how many problems they had when they told us it's all been fixed. Well, look, they're telling us now that uh, well, we've found out, actually, they're not telling us anything. This has all been swept under the carpet that there are some 3,000 breaches of hotel quarantine. That's 12 incidents a day after Daniel Andrews described hotel quarantine as the safest and strongest program in Australia. It's had, four, it's had more restarts than a Victor lawnmower. It's been absolutely appalling. It really has. Uh, we had the code inquiry that they spent $20 million, 89 recommendations to try and get this thing right. And now we've discovered through FOI... 80, uh, 3,000 uh, breaches of, of hotel quarantine, some of which, 2,000 of which, are serious enough where they have to be escalated within 30 minutes. Paul, this is a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. If any of these breaches effectively come out into what uh, what is the broader public, we have an outbreak. And who's to say some of the untraced, unsourced cases that we've had in Victoria haven't come from hotel quarantine in the first place. It's been swept under the carpet by the Andrews government. This is a story that they did not want any Victorian to know about, and now they're running around trying to cover up. We've just got the headlines on this. We need the full story, so we are pursuing it. We've asked Daniel Andrews today to come clean and tell us the details of these serious breaches, but it is a real concern to everybody at the moment. I mean, it is, of course, extraordinary that public policy decisions lead to um, more than 800 people dying. 81 yeah. on one day was the worst. Huh. That in and of itself was a reason for the government to be flushed. Um, then, of course, we come back to uh, the, the changes in the systems. And even when, as you say, they're out there saying, oh, you know, we're the gold standard, we're the best in the country. The reality was 3,000 separate issues that were happening in and around hotel quarantine. 3,000. Yet, I don't know whether you... Oh, Pretty sure you, you may not respond to this, but what is it about the body, body politic that this doesn't stick? How is it that this is not the absolute, you know, last nail being driven as far into it, uh, in, in, into the political coffin as possible for this mob? Because not only do they stuff up when nobody has responsibility, but then when they gave everyone specific responsibility, they continue to stuff up. It boils my blood to think that we've had over 800 people die from what is nothing more than an absolute poorly disgraceful managed system that no one wanted to take any accountability or responsibility for even to this day and to think that we've got a premier that has boasted about how good it is now uh, and we're back to square one and you know he's rolled out the current um, person in charge who's a former corrections commissioner and quite frankly the hotel quarantine, with the kind of breaches we're hearing, staff assaults on staff, staff assaulting clients in hotel quarantine, breaches, people trying to escape. This is like a prison. Hotel quarantine equates to a prison in terms of what these breaches are, and they're trying to cover it up. I mean, seriously, um, this is this this just shows that the government's not in, not capable of managing anything. And now, when the government were boasting about how good things were, man or oh man. Scotty Morrison and in uh, Victoria, the economy in Australia has gone down like crazy, and it's crazy that got got 
that got down to Australia. Australia's economy is going like crazy. Spending and how that needs to roll in the next little while. Um, this in part is what the um, Federal Treasurer has had to say about the uh, the amount of spending that's been happening in the past couple of years and who it has helped either keep in a job or keep off the unemployment queues. Is more debt more dangerous for those businesses who can't afford it though? Well, individual businesses will make their own decisions based on their own circumstances, but this loan scheme has already been very successful. But no doubt, uh, this money will help with working capital. It will help businesses expand, maybe purchasing new machinery and equipment. All right, let's go to New Jersey. New Jersey um, tax relief. I don't like the idea of this. Here we go. Purge to their pockets thanks to prices. Drivers in New Jersey have been dealing with an ongoing purge to their pockets thanks to prices at the pump. I used to fill up my, my tank with around $50 or 60 Now I'm spending like 70 80 bucks. Those dimes, they add up and, and it's just less money for people to take home. But relief is on the way. As we come into the... All right, the New Jersey rate for taxes in the gas tax is decreasing, and I don't believe it, but we'll see in New Jersey about the darn taxes. Um, let's speak about the that House bill, $3.5 trillion um, voting. It's going to um, form a Vice President Biden over there. All right. Next, Ron DeSantis, greatest guy. Eight ball pool. Bill of Rights in this state. We think the parents uh, are best situated you know, to make that decision. And if these, uh, these uh, entities are going to violate state law and take away parents' rights, obviously there are, you know, it's the way it works. There, there's consequences for that. They'll continue to be more. And, and I think we'll see that. Uh, but just understand what they are doing. I mean, they are thumbing their nose at the rights of parents. Some of these districts had let parents had, had honored the ability of the parent, to, and then they're taking it back uh, after, you know, being able to do it. So, you know, parents clearly are in the best position to be able to do this. That's what state law says, and I think that that's the, the way to go. But, uh, you know, nobody is above the law, and you can't go above. So he's talking about ma masking a vaccine, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know how mandating vaccines and um schools especially um is mandated in the vaccination system and also 
Um, masking is a crazy thing right now, and I'm fed up with it. All right, next. Trump's best video, devastating for Joe Biden. Here we go. Michael Knowles. So President Trump is deciding to go on the attack. This is probably the strongest evidence yet that Donald Trump plans to run for president again. We played it earlier. Um, if you want to go to his website, saveamerica.com, um, and you can watch it. It's amazing, and it's hilarious. All right, next, Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott um, bans mandates of COVID-19 vaccines and masks. Here we go. Regardless of what you believe in. New at 4 o'clock, Governor Abbott doubling down on a ban on vaccine mandates, regardless of whether they have full FDA approval. He issued an executive order saying that... Policy is still in place. The governor is also adding an item to the special session to address the issue of whether any state or local government entity can mandate that someone get a COVID vaccine, and if so, what exemptions should apply. The federal government has reaffirmed its commitment to lift restrictions on outbound travel once Australia reaches 80% vaccinations. Let's go live to Canberra now. We're joined by our political... The international travel um, in Australia will be um, lifted outbound once they have... Um, 80%, and it looks like it's doing well. Companies, um, defer, companies, workers defer vaccination mandates. Um, says poll, it's not really looking nice. Would you get fired or would you get, um, would you rather to take the vaccine and, and show your vaccine card, um, at your work? I wouldn't. But it's really ridiculous about it. And it's stupid. Biden's schedule closed to press. And hack journalists don't even mind. All right, with everything happening in Afghanistan today, you probably are wondering, hey, what was the president up to today? I mean, he was debriefed by his national security team. That happened. But, of course, that was close to the press. That makes sense. Later on, he signed the Puppies Assisted Wounded Service Members Act. Very cool. Uh, that was close to the press, though. And finally, he signed a bill honoring the harm hellfighters for their service in World War I. Very well-deserved, very cool. But you guessed it, that was close to the press as well. The last two seem like things that you'd want to have media coverage of. But no, the president promised transparency and honesty. So, but where is that? And also, where's the outrage from the White House Correspondents Association, the folks that want media access? Well, here to break down the complete failure. Before you go, I got to ask you about. All right. So 
Um, let's speak about January 1st, and of course, um, we're going to end it off. Here we go. Thank you all very much. Just give me Thank a minute. the press for being here. We're going to go private now. As you hear, every single time they try to get the media out and never, never. They don't allow the media and Biden is the one and only guy that is crazy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, January 1st. It's not an insurrection, and Ashley Babbitt, the person who got killed, um, is not telling anybody. Aaron Babbitt, Ashley Babbitt's um, husband, um, is suing the Capitol Police for this stuff, and he says that he needs money. So go, we are um, going to give everybody the um, GoFundMe page for Aaron Babbitt. Um, and we f really feel bad for um, Aaron's. And they want, we want, um, we want justice for Ashley. And that's our main goal. Ashley Babbitt is our goal for GoFundMe. Alright, to go to um, GoFundMe.com GoFundMe.com dash Ashley Babbitt um, uh, Funeral Expenses and Official Memorial Go to GoFundMe.com and you can find look up Ashley Babbitt and it's, it's devastating what happened. It's still up, and um, you can. It's not really, um, it's not really running. But they raised ninety five thousand dollars, in you can. They actually have another one. Um. still up and running so yes all right ladies and gentlemen before we go um we have breaking news from our newsroom that the killer of ashley babbitt will be interviewed tomorrow night on abc Let's see how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Happy night.